Hey, all you party people. It is time for some Scoured Stars, <laughs> our Starfinder show, where I sometimes decide to talk like a weirdo, because that's what I like to do. The giggles you hear behind me are the lovely people who have joined the Starfinder Society, who are about to embark on another thrilling adventure tonight. Hi, everybody. How's there, how how y'all doing? Hey, Jim, Jim. Uh, uh, we're feeling like party people. Yeah, yeah, party people, right? Yeah, we're all party people. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. You see that, that party people? That might proven my point. Proven my point. <laughs> Obviously, the last couple of weeks have been pretty crazy. Uh, we've been playing through the some of the Scoured Stars adventures uh, from the very first year of the Starfinder Society organized play. Year of Scoured Stars. There are actually a whole bunch of other adventures in the Year of Scoured Stars. We're only playing through a selection of them. Um, organized play every year includes a vast array of different adventures. All the ones that we're playing through and the ones that we're not playing through are currently available on paizo.com. If you go to their store on their website, you can actually find all of the adventures uh, from the Year of the Scoured Stars. Play them yourself. It is, it's a, it's a good time. Each one is sort of like a self-contained, you know, four hours of fun. You don't have to, um, uh, if, if they're really good for like one-offs, if you don't have, or you can string them together like we're doing in something that's sort of like one-offs, but that form a larger tale, sort of an arcing theme throughout the whole thing. It's, it's just really flexible and it's really nice. Uh, and of course they have current organized play, uh, going on, you can actually sign up and get involved with organized play. That's uh, you know, go to go to paizo.com slash Starfinder. It's gonna you can find all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, if you're not very familiar with Starfinder, you could always start out with the Starfinder Beginner Box, which is an excellent resource for anybody looking to either try the system for the first time or show other people the system. Maybe you're experienced with Starfinder, but you want to introduce some other players to it. You're gonna want to pick up that beginner box. There it is so many resources for new players it is an excellent way to learn the game i recommend it go ahead and get it um that's all i have to say about that bring bring my players back you, you took my players away and now i'm sad bring them back bring bring me my players back oh, I, Jimmy, back. I like being alone on screen i don't like Yay, being alone on the screen it makes me nervous like, I just, like <laughs> alone on the screen. but you're so good at talking yeah mm. no did you hear the way i said scoured stars earlier <laughs> <laughs> like none of us talk, don't talk this weird. is this is why we like you talking yeah. we want to see what else comes out of you uh one thing that i wanted to talk about before we dive into our adventure for tonight is i have noticed over the last couple of adventures that you your characters are not super concerned with the lives of other beings sometimes like <laughs> there were the, the, in the very first real? in your and it's okay in your very first adventure there were the mercenaries that attacked you you guys overwhelmed them they surrendered and you just like slaughtered them you were just like we don't let, let, kill them uh, and then last week haven had a hell knight who had surrendered and they were just like and blasted him in the face and everybody's just kind of they're cool with that and that's fine I mean, mm. that's a way to play. I, I'm not, this is not me coming at the, at your group. This, that's the crew that you guys are running. My question is, 
how do you think that your characters view that kind of thing? Do you guys like, like, are you guys sort of consider yourselves mercenaries? Do you recognize it as something that's like bad, or is it just like I don't know? They attacked me, so I blasted them. In the, like I don't know how do how do your characters one. view that? You know? I mean, we are literally paid fighting people, so we fight people. We were told to <laughs> sure. do that, and they, we really do try to ask every time, like, hey, are we allowed to use lethal force? And usually everyone's mm -hmm. like, it's fine. So we checked. It's fine. Also, they might drop loot, so. I mean, <laughs> it is it is true that I intended to take that Hell Knight for further interrogation, but Haven decided that was um, not in our best interest. <laughs> Things happen. Uh, you know what? We're yeah. just gonna we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna get this show on the road, <laughs> and we are gonna start playing some Starfinder. So let's do it. Good morning, Galaxy. It's Segway Mesedra with your Absalom news update. Authorities are still on the lookout for a for the fugitive Vesk Kelria after the high-profile arson on the library planet Atheum, involving a rogue band of Hell Knights calling themselves the Order of the Pyre. Hell Knight officials have denounced the book burning and claimed the Order of the Pyre does not even officially exist in their ranks. The attack was stopped by several Starfinders also doing research on the planet related to the Society's Scoured Stars initiative announced by First Seeker Luazi Elsebo just weeks ago. In other news, rumors of piracy spreading toward the vast have reached my desk as supply ships for remote research stations located on the uncharted planets therein have gone missing. The free captains of the diaspora have disavowed all such rumored activity and say it is far more likely that supply ships are simply getting lost. Mm -hmm. Things came to a head when an emergency transmission reached Absalom Station containing a blurry image that some claim are of an unknown, unclassified starship, though experts have not ruled out other forms of space debris. Whatever it is, if you're plotting any course near the vast, be careful out there. This has been your Absalom News Update with all the news you need to know. The ANT holocast playing over the bar ends as you all finish your la the last of your lunch. Since returning from Atheum, things have been relatively quiet with the society primarily focused on digesting and extrapolating from the data you recovered from the library planet. The changes, this changes with a blip on your personal devices as a, as a message in, comes in. Starfinders, it is I, Guidance. I bring to you <laughs> urgent tidings from yon lost fire complex. The esteemed first seeker invites you into her presence that she may bestow upon thee a most important task. Make haste, Starfinders, for the fate of the society rests in thy noble hands. And then Maple, a few seconds later, you get a personal notification that says, how was that? Too grandiose? I found this syntax archaic, but I'm open to your thoughts here. Guidance uh, asks. Oh my god, Guidance, you're just like trying really hard right now, and it's starting to make me feel sad that I said anything to begin with. Um, but like, you know, you do you. It's okay. It's fine. Wasn't I mean, that, that was not fine, dramatic? But... I'm sure Captain liked it. I found it exciting, thrilling, even. It did seem like they were reporting something important. That's uh, understandable. Well, I'd prefer if it just changed every time, and you know, we've got like what six more of these to go, so you know, we can do it. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> but if it's different every time, how will we know that it is Guidance calling us? It says Guidance at the beginning, didn't you hear? It's like, hey, I'm Guidance. <laughs> I believe That's we true. have an appointment. <laughs> uh, does it say where the first seeker is located? In her offices. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated, appreciated Guidance. Activate navigation protocol. No problem, Haven. Anytime. 
You like my voice, don't you? Acknowledged. <laughs> when he says it. <laughs> Guidance seeks approval from Maple only, and for good reason. <laughs> Maple's approval is all is what we all crave deep down inside. It's true. Uh, so, answering the summons from Guidance to the First Seeker's offices, you find the First Seeker uh, in her office, standing over a holographic star map. She is puzzling over several traje trajectory markers extending away from a great golden field that envelops a sector of space you now know to be the scoured stars themselves, planets locked away behind a mysterious energy field, a system-wide prison from your, for your predecessors who may or may not still be alive somewhere inside. Thank you for coming so quickly, Starfinders. I've been working with Royo night and day on the information you've recovered from Atheum, and I think we finally have something we can work with. Oh. It appears that ages ago, there were several groups that departed the Scoured Star systems along scattered trajectories you can see here, followed not long after by relics of some kind. Jadnera, my predecessor, may have had more extensive knowledge about these relics and might even have come across one himself, leading him eventually to venture into the Scoured Stars. Some of this is speculation, but what we do have is a lead on one of the other relics that left the Scoured Stars. We'd like you to take a ship toward this sector here. She follows one of the trajectory lines from the Golden Energy Field to a distant grouping of planets near the vast. There is a planet the pack has, Pact has labeled Icefront that we'd like you to investigate. There isn't much data on it, but we do know it's capable of supporting life. And if one of the Scoured Stars relics ended up here, we would like we want to know about it. If there are perhaps descendants of those who left the Scoured Stars long ago, they would be also be invaluable to our continued research. These are thin leads, I know, but I wouldn't be sending you out there if I didn't think there was a potential value in it. I also wouldn't be giving you your own ship. No. I do hope crushed up on your starship operations training unless you have any yes. questions your ship awaits you at docking bay 131a it is a pegasus class exploration and science vessel and is keyed to your command when you are ready mm, we're finally taking off to the stars on our own vessel um, i have a suggestion for a name luwazi's light that's Ooh. a terrible name. It's oh. kind of long and has nothing to do with like how cool we are as a maybe team. Name it bread. Ooh. I was thinking maybe we could call it the darkness. Is yeah, the it dark? Luwazi's darkness? We could split the difference. No, perhaps, perhaps we can go on the ship and we have all the time in the world while we travel to think of a cool name, Captain. Mm, yes, I suppose. Branding is important, but uh, it has to come about organically. Can't force it. You are correct as always, Casca. Let me at this console. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to like explode if he doesn't pilot. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've been waiting patiently. Ooh. It is time. And Hamy just takes off for the luck. Docking bay. Just gone. Evan's just already there. <laughs> He's leaving you all behind. He just takes off. He forgets yeah, you behind on, this, on the ship. On Absalom mm. Station. Yep. I press the, um, for space travel, I press my little, uh, whatever it's called, the, the clothing changing button that's on my armor. Uh, suddenly I'm wearing like fur, like a big fur hat and like a fur cape. And, like, yeah. a I was like, all right, I'm ready for the ice front. I'm like so excited. I've never been to Icy Planet before, but it's supposed to be like real fun to wear like furry things there is like what I'm picking up. Hmm. 
Should we all get all furry too? No, no. Mm, but maybe do wear something warm. Mm. I'm gonna press my holographic thing, and it just turns into this weird looking like polar bear. Yes. <laughs> Wearing a bear skin. <laughs> okay, how does this look, Maple? It's pretty good. It's like very fierce looking. Very scary. Right. Ah. Whoa. You're not mm. there, Haven. You oh. ran. Oh, right, right there. Uh, yes, but uh, it's graphic. Will it actually keep you warm? Uh, well, luckily, all uh, powered armor, which uh, as long as you have access to batteries, you uh your suits have standard environmental protections so unless it is like oh. well i mean you can even vacuum uh, the cold of space isn't even a problem for it so you really unless you unless you decide to just leave your armor behind for some reason you mm. uh won't actually have to worry about the cold so long as there is some kind of power source you can plug into every once in a while which your ship will have available i mean i'm not worried about the coals i'm worried about like the fashion so I very much just like stroll. Like if they're in a hurry, I'm just like I'm walking more like. Of course, this day was coming. We've earned it. Yes, let's go. Prepare everyone to your positions. We will yes, make the fleet proud. Anyway, um, good. We sorry, probably sorry. should. Um, I know Haven wants to pilot. Uh, I will be at the at the comm as uh, captain, of course. Um, what is the desired position for the rest of you? Guns. That's I'm very. Hmm. You both want to be gunners. I think do... that's fine. That are there like more than one gun on a ship? Yeah. I does the ship the support is... enough weaponry? Yes. Isn't this a science vessel? Wouldn't it, like, not have guns? I mean, it is still a military oh, okay. exploration vessel, though. I mean, we can, like, tie guns to the side of it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that is um, not how guns work. <laughs> well, listen, I am, I'll be your science slash magic officer, and I can just, like, make, I can just, like, tear a hole in reality and, like, make guns happen. It's like, don't worry about it. I got this. Mm, excellent. So, really, the only thing we're lacking is some sort of engineering support, eh? Yeah, we got magic. It's fine. Yes, well, in a, in a pinch, I suppose I can grab a spanner. Yes, to the vessel. Yeah. Famous last words. That'll be fine. Yes, don't worry about it. If something breaks, we'll sort it out. Why worry? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Haven will just have to pilot effectively to make sure we never take damage ever. Yeah. It's all on Haven. For sure. <laughs> yep. Although once we, what what is the 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 combat capability of this? Vessel? That's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you make your way to the docking bay. You start going over the ship's systems. You see that while it is, it does have an enhanced uh -huh. sensor package. Uh, it does it has look like bread. engines. It's built for speed. Um, <laughs> and it does have weapons. It's not as heavily armed as some of the more combat-oriented models. But it does have some weapon systems. You you are not com you're not going out into space completely defenseless. Uh, mm, you're yeah. just not as heavily armed as some of the specifically combat combat uh, chassis. Yes, that's it's uh, it is a starter vessel. Um, it, I guess they knew that a crew of our capability would be able to make use of any old thing they gave us. It's great. It looks kind of like a breadstick, though. So I do rescind my previous question uh, oh, and go for like breadstick. I think is what they're called. Absolutely not. Okay, mm. that's fine. Shall that's we go? 
we will check the thesaurus for other words that might um, um, imply bread in perhaps foreign tongues. Ooh, since uh, there and Haven t has taken over like the whole front console. Uh, since you mentioned starter, perhaps sourdough of some sort. Haven, you are reducing my confidence in you by the moment, friend. Sourdough. Mm. Oh my god, I love that. Oh <laughs> the sourdough. You know, I do come from a long line of merchants. I can tolerate the sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Just know that you said thirty for minutes of silence for us to get there. So you really brought this upon yourself, person on the other side of the fourth wall. Hi there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in the in the ship, dead nates concluding our adventure. <laughs> We're gonna have to re-roll. Uh, re-roll characters. We're done with this group. Yep. Uh, not gonna lie. Uh, not gonna lie. I've been adamant this whole time, but I don't hate the scour dough. Anyway. I, love it. <laughs> I don't know if we could get. I, now that it's out there, I don't think we can get away from the scour dough. It has it's, to be. It's that. always gonna be no, called no. the scour dough. Oh I really God. need you to understand. I hated so much naming the ship bread, and yet, and yet. <laughs> and yet there we are. Teamwork. Oh. Teamwork. Yes. High four, right. everyone. High four. Just think about how awesome you're going to sound when you say, everyone to the dough. Yeah. <laughs> you have sold me, Voltarex. I'm convinced. Uh, although, if, uh, in, 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 please let me know if it's not clear even to you, where roughly on this vessel is the bridge? Are we right there at the oh, nose right. of the ship? Are we kind of on the top? You know, the Enterprise. Uh, yeah, you guys are, the are roughly at the nose of the right. uh, Yeah. You're okay. roughly at the nose of the ship. Um, on the crest. That's where the bridge would be. Yeah. Excellent. Maintenance, maintenance and cargo towards the rear. Did you uh, say the crust? Yeah. Is there, yeah, the crust. Is there, is there <laughs> any other crew besides us? Are there any um, uh, androids on board? Or is it just it is just what, what we five can do? It's just what you five can do. Um, the, the crew can support up to a total of 20 personnel. But hmm. if it... it but, but five crew members, uh, four is the minimum crew. For yes. I want to point Excellent. out that someone, I'm sorry, but I got to break this fourth wall. Someone in chat said, you mean the bread ditch? Like bridge, <laughs> it's called bread. And that's so why I spit all my tea everywhere. That's <laughs> the bread. <laughs> yep. No, every, uh, is, in our, are there enough weapons to s support two gunners? Oh, I yeah, yeah. Um, so so if you were to come up against any enemy vessels, um uh, each gunner can fire one of the weapons available, and there are there are plenty of weapons. I'll get the the full load out to you guys yeah. uh, in a second well, here. Excellent. Um, is is the com is the captain's chair comfortable? <laughs> you know, it. The thing is, it's it's very clear that this has been a ship in service for a long time and it's Vintage. got it's 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 got some dings and scratches and it's it's it has a very secondhand feel to it it's been around for a while um it's well maintained looking over doing all your pre-flight checks you can tell it is well maintained it is uh there there are no problems that you're gonna have to look out for mechanically um the systems on board are uh, uh recent enough that you don't you you aren't 
worried about taking it out but you know it's uh it's certainly you know the the captain's chairs it, it probably squeaks a little bit it doesn't swivel quite as smoothly as you would like uh, there's like a little patch of duct tape on the side where some of the stuffing was starting to come out. Uh, so it's it's a little worn. There's a little no. the signs of wear. You know, they left in the shag carpet. Excellent. You know, <laughs> in contrary to popular opinion, you don't want the captain's chair to be too comfortable. You have to stay on edge. You know, you don't want to be lulled into um, a false sense of security. Yes, um, I like it. Take us out, Haven. Go away, Captain. Uh, as all of this is occurring, Maple, you get another ping on one of, on your personal device. It is actually a message from somebody that you met at a gala event not too long ago. <gasps> a date from Saracor oh, no. Labs. Someone you have not gone on a date with, but oh. maybe this is them reaching out. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, you're reading through the message, and it says, "Some of my society contacts let slip that your leadership has been doing homework on Icefront. You're not the first to take an interest in that planet." My con colleagues at Saracor Labs recently looked into applying for corporate research rights on Icefront, but we have had to delay the project because lobbyists from Frozen Trove Labs pushed us out. Frozen Troves is a leading competitor of ours in the field, although they work more with genetics than cybernetics. And they are fairly ruthless, even by Dragon Corp standards. Their science is top-notch, but lots of our R&D folks say that nobody stumbles upon that many breakthroughs doing honest work. I know our legal department hates dealing with them. If your travels do take you to Icefront, keep an eye out for Frozen Trove. Their scientists are some of the best, but their management is very protective of their property. So protective that Saracor Labs hasn't gotten any samples of their work or copies of their data. A terrible tragedy that such valuable work has never made its way into my inbox. Anyway, be safe if you happen to find any of their labs. And that is the the end of the message. I reply TLDR. Um, so and then I uh, <laughs> give my phone to or my communicator to uh, uh, Captain. I'm like, um, Captain, this seems like really important. It's like really long though. So yeah. <laughs> you must have made quite an impact on this uh, sentient that they felt the need to send you this novel. I don't um, even remember who this is. Like to be really honest, but you know, guys are just like that with me. It's, you know, I understand the appeal, Maple. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll keep an eye out for this Frozen Trove Labs. Uh, does that mean anything to me, by the way, Frozen Trove Labs? Uh, if you want to make a culture check. I am highly cultured. Maple, perhaps it's one of your dates looking for you. Um, No, I don't feel like we went on a date, but like, to be honest, I really cannot keep track sometimes like after about a week i just forget yes, you, you can do, always do like, share yes you do them like four a night that's the part that it has to start to overlap sorry i thought jim was gonna say something because he put his finger up <laughs> no i was pushing my microphone out of frame. Oh, okay <laughs> um, <it's fine. laughs> if you're like um kids you, uh, it, was, it was culture you asked for right 22. 22. Uh, the name Frozen Trove, uh, Trove doesn't really ring any bells. They must be doing a lot of their work under the radar, as uh, the message from Icarus suggests. But the word Dragon Corp piques your interest, uh, as it is always assumed to mean a corporation literally headed by a true dragon. Uh, the description of them being a ruthless corporate entity certainly 
would fit a description like that. Um, you're not certain, you know, again, you don't know any specifics about Frozen Trove, so you're not certain exactly which dragon heads up that corporation, but mm. you do know that if they're out there and you run into them, they will, they could potentially pose a threat to your crew. You would have, you would want to be wary around them, but you would also want to be wary about starting any hostilities with them because if you start something, they will make certain to finish it. <laughs> mm, I look forward to being across from the negotiating table from an actual dragon. <clears throat> so I uh, guess what that long text meant was just that like there's a bunch of corporations who want something in this frozen area where we think that the past Starfinders went missing. Mm, seems mm. valuable. Yes, uh, otherwise they wouldn't be sending us. It makes sense. I would allow a sense motive check from anybody who reading the message as well. Mm. Did I read it though? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's up to you to decide whether you think it's appropriate to I take a sense it. motive on it. Hey, I'll do a little, a little skinny. Not sense very good. motive is 26. Whoa. 15. <laughs> uh, I understand sentience in their motivations. Uh, you can tell that this particular message, the real purpose of this is for Icarus to surreptitiously ask you to steal something, uh, either samples or data from the lab, but without without directly asking for that, so that if that were to happen, he would not, you know, there's no there's no paper trail that indicates that he asked you to do it. Um, this is this is him low-key asking you to take something from the labs, which you know would be relatively dangerous if you got caught doing it because Dragon Corps don't like to be stolen from either. Maple, I don't know Icarus as well as you do, but if I'm reading between the pixels here, I think he's asking you to commit um, a number of crimes on his behalf and, and is quite rude to not mention the remuneration for such risk. Yeah, like not even a date or like jewelry or anything. It sucks. Um, okay, well, I guess we can just throw this in the garbage. You can delete it. It's fine. Probably won't ever <laughs> need this information. Yes, I'm sure it won't come up ever again. No, um, definitely not. Yeah, leave him on red, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick question, Jim Jam. Uh, since this yeah. is a science vessel, I assume there's some sort of scanners or anything? Oh, yeah, you have a pretty extensive long-range sensor package. Um, is that something that, since uh, Haven is piloting, could also be in charge of scanning at the same yeah, console? Yeah, so, so the thing about a lot of your crew positions is that even, like, for example, in a starship combat, round by round, you guys can actually, like, get up and, oh, like, and it, let's say the captain had to run to engineering, his <laughs> action for that round can be engineering-based rather than captain-based. So, so when you have positions that need to be filled, you can indeed take on whatever the ship needs in that moment. Copy. Um, you, are, you... you aren't locked into the pilot's chair. Okay. If you have it handy what are the positions on board a one of our vessels uh there's room for obviously gunners as we've talked about because of the weapon systems uh science officer is always somebody who would be running a lot of the scanners and and making uh scans mm -hmm. um then there is engineering which obviously they're going to boost systems and or repair things uh, there's the magic officer who uses their mysticism to sometimes literally warp reality around the ship to to give it various enhancements. Um, 
There's the chief's mate, which is a, a basically an XO type position where you're you're working to to basically it's all it's all about giving the ship various buffs mm. and and giving enemy ships various debuffs um, in terms of of what all the other unless except for the gunners the gunners have a very straightforward uh, uh, purpose which is shoot <laughs> pew pew shoot pew the pew bad guys and make them blow up mm. um, and then the pilot the pilot even though you you have a very straightforward purpose which is maneuver the ship but you also have the most complex list of things you can do because there's like. 12 different moves that you can make and it's like they all do different things and allow you to move the ship in different ways based of course modified by the speed and maneuverability of the ship that you're piloting so mm -hmm. that's a it's a very complex position Got so it. the that one um the the xo that is basically the first officer right this is kind of like the second in yeah. command <laughs> yeah yeah once everybody is kind of like filing onto the ship i kind mm -hmm. of like quietly pull kazka aside um, Kazka? Yes, um, Captain? This is, uh, not an overly complex vessel, but we are essentially the minimum crew capacity. I'm going to need an XO, a second-in-command, someone I can rely on to help keep everything running smoothly. I was wondering if you'd be interested. It would be my honor, Captain, to serve you. Mm, to serve all of us, and I believe in you, Casca. You never let me down, and I extend <laughs> two hands to shake. Oh, oh! Okay. There's like this small little like twinkle in her eye, like, "Ooh, I'm important for some reason." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, on with the mission then, eh? On with the mission, Captain. Thank you. Mm, thank you. And I go sit in my creaky chair. Like, mm, I need to oil that a bit. <laughs> Would you like me to fetch you some WD-40, sir? No, I think it adds character. But thank you very much, Casca. Thank you very much. Of course. Haven, how's she handling? Mm, the Scourdo is handling like a starter. <laughs> I will say as a point of order uh, as soon as we get within range Haven is going to activate sensors on the, the ice planet uh, particularly looking for any signs of these labs uh, that were mentioned if, if they were on the planet at all that could be detected certainly Certainly. So the first thing uh, is is you have to actually plot a course through the drift, mm. which is not something that you don't have to worry about any kind of check for it. Uh, you have the coordinates you need for ice front, um, but it actually takes a number of days. So you guys will actually be spending oh. some days on the ship getting to know uh, the scourdo and and learn its <laughs> systems. Travel through the drift is always a little <laughs> bit random, as it is literally like it like traveling through the drift. You you actually. The drift is a plane unto itself, and when you when you travel through it, um, there is a, a sort of wild element of chaos. Sometimes, as you're traveling through the drift, you'll see like other uh, pieces of other planes that have been sucked into the drift. Uh, every time that that anybody in the entire universe enters the drift, it actually rips away pieces of the material plane and adds it to the drift. Um, there are said to be even creatures that live within the drift. Uh, it's a it's a weird sort of like pocket dimension that you travel through, which makes it easy 
to get across vast, vast astronomical distances. Um, travel, uh, the weird thing about Absalom Station specifically mm -hmm. is that it is always, to travel to Absalom Station from anywhere in the pact is, is like 1d6 uh, days, no matter what. Even if it could take weeks or even months to travel through the drift to any from Absalom Station to any part. So traveling to Absalom Station, it's all everything is the same distance away from Absalom Station if you're going towards Absalom Station. Who needs uh, physics? You can, always get, you can always get to Absalom Station much quicker than you get away from it. But either way, uh, it, it's gonna take you guys a good, let's see, I had to roll. It was it's five D6 days five to get from Absalom Station to this distant planet. Uh, and every time you travel through the drift, it would take a different number of days to get there. It's never a constant distance. Uh, but in this case, it takes you a good week and a half to get uh, before bad. you exit the drift and poof, there you are in this distant, distant star system. Uh, but uh with with the the, the planet uh, you see a, a pale blue dot blue and white dot you know that's uh, your your sensors indicate that's ice ice front the superior sensor package is already in range for initial scans of the planet if you wish to do any mm, uh, activating scan. scan you can make a computers check uh, or yeah computers or physical science okay a 17 for computers. 17 for computers. So you are getting back some readings that indicate there are very intense weather patterns across the surface of the planet and plenty of biological signatures, as you admit, as you remember, uh, you were told supports life and there's <laughs> definitely a lot of flora and fauna uh, alive and well. There are very few energy signatures indicating uh, any kind of technological society, though. So you don't get any uh, big pings on anything that would indicate like um, uh, a technologically advanced civilization uh, mm. with that initial scan as you're We're, moving through. So was the, there was no sign of any structures or anything? Not that you get on that on that first scan. Uh, you can try scanning again uh, if you wanted to, or somebody else could could make a different check. Because then you you still have physical science. You could also use that skill if somebody mm. has that. Uh, actually, and now that you've gotten uh, now that you know there are lots of biological signatures, I would allow a life science check as well. I don't have anything. Uh, I can. I can, I'll do life science because I can use culture oh. in place of life science. Yeah. Sure. Uh, somebody else was saying something there. Sorry. Just nice. Oh, oh uh, sorry. 22. 22. Uh, looking over a lot of the initial data that comes back from the sensors, you look over, you do another scan, uh, specifically homing in on those biological signatures, and you reveal uh, a, a dominant species of roughly humanoid creatures with grayish green skin uh, and six limbs. Uh, they walk on four. It looks like they would walk on four of them, but their mid limbs can serve as both hands or feet, depending on their posture at the time Haven, uh, it, this bizarre construction they can walk or use their middle limbs this chaos it seems the uh com combinations are endless mm. <laughs> uh you read a rough estimate of maybe 40 million such creatures spread across ice front surface 
Um, and as you're finishing up these scans and honing in on these different signatures and trying to get more readings, you actually get a hail from the surface. Ooh, we've got a hail incoming, Captain. Mm, on screen or wherever. We have one Indeed, of those. Yeah, there's, yeah. There, is a, there is a holograph projector that, that fires up when you accept the hail, and you see a woman with obvious heavy cybernetic augmentations and large black eyes of a Rathani uh, uh, once you accept the transmission. Mm, Raise communication I, barrier. Uh, I'm Dr. Monsilkis of the Winter Harvest Research Station. We don't get a whole lot of visitors out here. May I ask your intentions and whether you intend to touch down on this little slice of ice? <laughs> slice of ice. <laughs> Uh, yes, we do intend to touch down. Um, we are looking for a probe that went missing in this sector of space, and we have cause to believe it may have crashed here. Uh, well, I can tell you that our readings haven't indicated anything like that uh, in the several months that we've been here, but uh, you're certainly welcome to, to come down. Mm, if I'm sure if you haven't found anything, we'll be in for a short visit here. Uh, uh, might I ask, um, uh, what uh, organization are you here representing? So many vested interests in this part of space. Uh, the first I've heard of it is, as far as I knew, we were an isolated little backwater that nobody gave two two craps about. Uh, this is the win we're, uh, Winter Harvest Research Station. We uh, uh, agricultural research and uh, harsh climates. Um, but research for whom? Winter Harvest. That is the company backing this little experiment. Ah, yeah, Winter Harvest. Yeah. Have I heard of Winter Harvest, by the way? <laughs> uh, you can make a culture check for it, if you'd like. Whoa! Yeah, this, this, well, it went into, went into a cup. Thankfully, oh. the cup was empty. Um, <laughs> let's see. That is going to be a 17. 17. Uh, no, you've never heard of Winter Harvest. Doesn't mm. ring any bells for you. Yes. Well, um, we'll probably make a quick orbit and then um, perhaps touch down uh, if uh, that would be all right with you. That's certainly all right with us. Uh, you should know we do have orbital defenses, but I'll clear you for passage as you don't seem to represent any kind of threat to our interests. We do not. Thank you so very much. Uh, uh, as you are talking uh like as you're like mid sentences uh in that in that last bit your communications are suddenly cut off oh. by warning klaxons as a second ship exits the drift nearby and immediately begins painting your ship with targeting lasers oh. this strange urchin-like oh. vessel doesn't match any known configuration that your computers can can uh bring up in, in the short moments after it exits the drift, but your systems easily recognize the threat of several large weapons online and directed at your tiny science vessel. Evasive uh, maneuvers, Haven. Activating. Activating. As you're doing that, Dr. Monsulkas's voice cuts through the alarm. She says, Starfinders, my, sisters, uh, my sis uh, sensors indicate incoming vessel is targeting you. I don't know what the hell that is, but the initial scan suggests you're going to need to burn hard and get out of there. We have a satellite defense array at the following coordinates. Make your way there, and we'll clear you for, and then the transmission just gets cut off by screeching static as the unknown warship jams your comms. But not before the coordinates for the defense array hit your nav computer. As that way, I've got the lances towards your ship. You get the feeling that you should have brought a bigger boat. <laughs> and we are going to do a starship chase. Oh. 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 
Did you guys to shoot anything? <laughs> well, that's that's the beauty of the Starship chases. You will get to shoot things. Uh, it's it's just you know you can tell uh, initial scans. Even though this ship is of an unknown classification, you can already tell you are vastly outmatched. Uh, your little science vessel is not going to be able to go toe to toe with this thing. However, uh, you still might be able to get away from it because your engines uh, are are quite superior, and you might be able to boost your way out of here if you can get out of its range. Is it possible? Uh, Starship chases. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, is it possible to target their engines? Yeah. So, so the way that a starship chase works is that every round, I'm th there are different obstacles. These are various environmental hazards that'll pop up. Some of them will be like fire, enemy fire, or random weird asteroids that are blown by or whatever. I'll tell you about them. And there will be different things that you can do to avoid those ob obstacles. Avoiding mm -hmm. the obstacles avoids the penalties for failure. Uh, if you fail, there's some kind of penalty that will apply for that round uh, that will that will impact um, the starship chase action that you take immediately following that. Now, if you look mm. at our little initiative tracker towards the bottom of it, uh, I've indicated uh, every round, uh, each uh, one of the the uh, crew members can take a chase action. A chase action is dictated by the various skills that are. Uh, listed next to the role on the starship. Uh, the captain, for instance, can use bluff, diplomacy, or intimidate to rally the crew, uh, send intimidating messages to the enemy, uh, <laughs> or whatever, basically in order to, to boost your crew and, and advance along, along the chase. Uh, the chief's mate position uses acrobatics and athletics. I want to see Costco to... doing cartwheels on the bridge. Yeah, I'm not really sure how that helps, <laughs> no! but... But you know what? That's those are the skills that you're allowed to use. The engineer, obviously, you can divert power to the engines or boost the shields or whatever, making engineering checks to advance yourself along through the chase. Uh, the gunner, uh, the skill for shoot firing a weapon is piloting. However, if your base attack bonus is higher than the ranks you have in piloting, you can substitute your base attack bonus to make mm -hmm. a ranged attack against mm -hmm. an enemy starship. With the gunner, uh, the magic officer uses mysticism to literally warp reality around them and and advance along the chase. The pilot uses piloting; that's pretty straightforward. Uh, and then the science officer uses computers in order to to scan enemy ships and find their weaknesses and boost the the systems on your ship. Um, so the 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 each again each round there's the obstacle phase. There's there's a specific skill and specific crewmate who will make a an action to overcome the obstacle. Then you move into the starship chase actions phase, where another a different crew member can make a check to to advance along the path. Um, the only caveat there is that no two crew members can or, or no crew member can act twice in a row. So basically, uh -huh. even though only one person makes a chase action, it, it you kind of forces you to rotate through the various um, crew positions and skills to advance along the chase. Uh, once you, the, the goal is set at a number of rounds, so each round uh, success advances you along the path. Once you reach your goal, which in this case is the orbital defense array, then right. you 
are safe theoretically. You know, you you've reached your goal and you can move on. All those rules are listed in the Starship Operations Manual, which is something they that you know basically the the Starship Chase rules they added to the Starship Operations Manual, which is a cool book for those of you who are super interested in the Starship rules and all the various aspects of Starfinder involved there. Um, but either way, we are going to run through our own Starship uh, chase, and the in round one. Uh, the warship fires a torpedo that sure. fragments just before striking your ship, releasing a cloud of drones that attach to the hull and being cut, begin cutting through with plasma torches. No! The engineer can enact countermeasures to burn little drones off your hull before they do any damage using the engineering skill. Now, while the engineer is the position here, anybody can take up the position of the engineer. Just keep in mind that if you use, if, if you take up that position, uh, you then won't be the one who makes the starship chase action because you're focused on burning away the little drones. If you fail or you ignore the drones, uh, then they start cutting into your systems and there will be a penalty that gets applied to, to the future that I'll describe uh, when that occurs. But either way, does somebody, uh, as these drones are burning through portions of the hull, trying to eat into your systems, is anybody going to rush to engineering and try to, to burn them off the hull? Well, I think I have the highest engineering. I just, I stand up. I'm like, Evan, get us out of here. Casca, you have the bridge. <laughs> All right. Yep. Sure. So yep. you rush to engineering. Uh, there are various countermeasures specifically designed to to make sure that unwelcome attachments to the hull don't become too much of a problem you need to make an engineering check in order to activate them properly and get rid of all these drones digging through your hull we're going to sour the milk um oh, that was no. for you xander it was for thank, you thank you uh that is going to be a 23. 23 is a success you managed mm -hmm. to enact the countermeasures and uh a, a sort of electrical buzz, uh, an arc of electricity washes over the outer hull of the ship. Most of the drones just get blasted into pieces, uh, and there is no damage to the ship's systems, so you will take no penalty that they would have applied. And now, as you are moving along, one of you, who is not Gunnan, because Gunnan is, is currently engaged in enacting these countermeasures, can make a chase action in order to try to advance along the path and get further away from this enemy ship. Now, while I am in charge of describing all of the various ways, all the various obstacles that throw out there, I would love it if when you are making your chase actions, you can sort of take over and tell me how you are helping your, your crew get away from the enemy. Uh, so who wants to step up and take that first action? I think Haven will go first since that was the action of just getting us out, you know? Sure, so I love it. We'll begin with like a piloting check. And you had said that mm -hmm. there were so, <laughs> some like asteroids or like space junk that's around, right? Yeah, there there's a lot of debris in the area. Yeah, for sure. So I think in flavor of it, Haven is going to start utilizing the gravitational pull of this debris to sort of confuse mm. any chase that might take place. Nice. All right. So that is going to be from the pilot, a piloting check. Yeah. This is what Haven does. Okay. Uh, 27. 27 is absolutely a success. Wow. You gun the engines and start weaving towards uh, a lot of these, the larger chunks of debris and actually manage to find a way to get little gravitational boosts from some of them. 
uh, we're drifting, making, uh, indeed, basically space drifting, <laughs> and managed to actually uh, get a huge head start. Uh, hopefully, bringing yourself out of the weapons range of some of the the close range guns on this massive warship that is chasing you, and in fact. As you are moving along, uh, you find a debris cloud of ice chunks, metallic meteors, and rock that separates you from your goal. Your uh-huh. smaller lither ship is actually benefiting from the cover thanks to Haven's uh, expert piloting. Uh, but you are still in just a little bit of danger, uh, possibly getting smashed by some of this junk. The gunner can act here to blast incoming degree, debris, or the pilot can enact evasive maneuvers to dodge this obstacle. Um, I would say that in this particular, this is technically the second round. So Haven, if you do want to basically just focus all of your efforts on dodging, uh, you can you can now act again, or or the gunners can just start blasting chunks of debris to make sure that none of them pose a threat to your ship. As soon as this pops up, it's a little bit too quick for Haven to realize, and so they immediately call over comms. Uh, Voltarex, we need you. Yeah, uh, and Voltarx is going to blast the debris. All right, you are just going to make, uh, again, you can use either, if you have ranks in piloting, you can make a piloting check, or if your base attack bonus is higher than the number of ranks you have in piloting, you can go ahead and use that instead and make basically making an arranged attack roll. So it's basically whichever you yeah. like better. Range My piloting or... is actually higher. So. Nice, go for that. Yeah. Oh, I don't do that. You're not a, so- you're a solid pilot. Uh, that's gonna be a 28. Heck 28. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just rocks. It's easy. Uh, even though your ship doesn't have uh, super advanced systems, you grab uh, the you have a light particle beam on your turret. You just take control of that, start targeting uh, the larger chunks of ice that are posing a threat and and incoming on the ship, and you're just blasting them away easily. They're exploding all around. Uh, and now it is time for that next chase action. The only person who cannot act in the chase action is Haven because they took the last chase action. So somebody else has to go now. Uh, but it can be anybody but Haven and Volterix. Can I do an intimidate from, can, like, can I get on the comms from engineering or do I have to go back to the bridge? Uh, moving moving across the ship doesn't really cost like these aren't necessarily six second rounds in the way that we think of uh, right. uh, regular combat. So like you moving across the ship and and getting back into the captain's role is is fine. Like you can you can switch positions without losing turns or anything like that. Uh, then yes, I would like to take the uh, the, the the taunt action. Sure. <laughs> and get uh, on. Yes, hmm? Oh yeah, no. Go ahead. You were you were solid. You go ahead. And like literally, just like walk back in and just hit the button on the calm on the chair without even sitting down. And I say, "This is the Star Jammer vessel's Scourdo. We are but the first of an approaching fleet. Depart this area immediately, or you will be utterly obliterated. You have five seconds to comply." And then I cut the calm without waiting for them to say anything back. Nice. Uh, go and ahead and make. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, hold on. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna do that as a bluff. So that's. Uh, wait, hang on. Wait, let me check one thing on his sheet. Um, yeah, I thought so. Hang on. <laughs> that's a thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Yeah. 
Uh, you open a, a tight beam frequency and beam your message to the ship. Uh, you don't even know if they understand what you're saying, but either way, you do see that they divert, like your scans indicate that they're suddenly diverting most of their power to sensors as they're frantically scanning for this other fleet and they actually lose some of their speed and stop firing as frequently. That is literally the best I could do at anything. I got that's my highest bonus, <laughs> and I add a d6 to that, and I rolled a six. Like, that is the best gun is capable of <laughs> in anything. That was it right there. So, <laughs> yeah. Maximum yeah. effectiveness. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell, like, they buy it for a second as they actually slow down, again, diverting all their power to, to, to like, scanning for other this, this other fleet that you have mm. threatened them with. Mm -hmm. Um perhaps buying you enough time as you as you lengthen the lead between you and your pursuer once more you get through the debris field uh and maple and haven you both sense a strange bubble of magical energy anomalies common in the uncharted vast as reality bends creating a time drag on your ship you realize that you could try to tap into that energy and reverse it uh reverse as the polarity Maple, you can, uh, or Haven, you could, I, either of you could attempt a mysticism check to try to harness this energy and give yourself a boost. Though you know that if you fail, you might actually really slow Tell yourself down. <laughs> you could kill everybody. Okay, I'll, I will use mysticism. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. All right. thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a dirty 20. Yeah! Dirty 20. Uh, you attempt to reach out and harness some of the energy that is uh, that, that the ship is actually passing through, and you feel like almost like a, a an intense sharp feedback, and the whole ship shudders, and you realize that you absorbed a little bit too much, a little bit too quickly, and you weren't able to properly bend it to your will. The next chase action is going to take a minus two penalty. As Wait, a dirty what? 20 was a failure. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, so these you guys are fourth level. These DCs aren't messing around. Yeah. Uh, so you you attempt to, but you 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 actually cause the magical energies to to create some some problems for the ship. Whoever acts now is gonna take a minus two penalty to their check. Uh, the only people who cannot act are Maple or Gunnan at this point. Um, for the chase action, then, would Haven be able to take another piloting? Yeah, you can absolutely do that. Well, hang on one second. Uh, oh. does, does Casca want to do anything? Because right, I think right. Casca's the only one that hasn't yet. For the next uh, <laughs> obstacle, though, it might come in handy. Oh, okay. I don't have engineering. I don't have piloting. I don't have anything. So, Jim, what would I do? Sure. So uh, let's look at the available actions. There's um, always violence, Cusk. That's true. <laughs> yeah. There's always violence. You can actually take control of the guns and try to basically, uh, you know that you wouldn't be able to destroy the ship, but you might be able to force them to divert power to their shields, which will force them uh, not uh, to basically to slow down a little bit uh, or enact countermeasures that mess up their systems or whatever. So uh, at, you can take a gunner seat and you can fire weapons at them. Uh, or you could, uh, you were made the the XO, uh, the chief mate actions allow you to use acrobatics or athletics uh, to push see the crew. That? I don't see if you look that at anywhere. the initiative, if you look at the initiative document that that we use, I put all of the roles and the different oh. skills associated with the bottom of it. Uh, 
I did not see that. Okay, hold on. I've been looking everywhere. I just looked at the Starship Combat Cheat Sheet. I didn't know that's where it was either. Good, yeah. good, good. Okay, so under initiative, um, where were we? Where? I'm sorry, not to slow us down. Sorry, towards down. The, yeah, towards the bottom of the sheet. There is a little chart that says role and skills, and then it lists the, the captain, chief's mate, engineer, gunner, magic officer, pilot, and science officer. And then yeah. next to that, it shows you which skills those people use to to move, to, to help the ship. So is I your acrobatics or your athletics higher? I don't, yeah, I don't see any of that. Um, okay. okay, my yeah. athletics is eight, uh, athletics is higher. Uh, then I'd say right. roll athletics to do a thing. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Something good's going to come. Okay, so just and make up a reason that well, what are you doing to help the ship move as you as you try to create distance from you and your enemy? Jesus. Um, <laughs> I guess I would sit on the. Can I use athletics to sit on the gunner? I guess and try and shoot. <laughs> uh, you can actually just take the gunning. You can just take the guns and fire if you want. That's because fine. How, like you're just no, making. I'm a little confused because how would I use athletics to try and divert? The chief, us? Honestly, here's the thing. You want to know a secret? The chief's mate. It, those two skills, they're a little bit weird. I don't know precisely. Like I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't. I I just let you use them. It's a weird one. Haven and I just kind of steer the wheel over <laughs> and make it do like a weird barrel roll, like uh -huh. over, like. We live in a world. We live in a world of imagination. I buy it. Yeah. You push, right. you push, you're basically so, pushing Haven to get some more speed uh, yes. and more 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 wild maneuvers out of him. I like it. You're fine. Okay, that's 18 on the die plus eight. 26. 26. That is gonna do it. So you manage to <laughs> you manage to you basically take up the the co-pilot position. Uh, and as as Haven is boosting the engines, trying to get all the speed he can out of it, you take over uh, control and just start doing loops and barrel rolls, avoiding the worst of the enemy fire and uh, managing to create just a little bit more distance between you and okay. We are going to have to refer to that as the Casca maneuver going forward. <laughs> <laughs> the Casca, the Scourdo loop. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh the scourdo yeah. roll. The scourdo roll. Yep. Uh, All of these crazy maneuvers allow you to avoid the worst of the missiles, warheads, and lasers that are are lancing towards the ship. However, one of them only barely misses a nuclear warhead that catches the ship in an electromagnetic pulse that threatens to fry your sensors. The science officer or engineer. Can attempt to compensate and keep all optim all systems at peak operation. However, if you fail to do so, some of your systems are gonna are gonna melt down and cause some trouble for whoever is trying to do the next case action. We don't have a science officer, so I guess that's on me again. I'm like, run, 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 fix, 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 run, 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 That's oh, but at least some. All right, let me not let me not say anything and jinx it. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. that's uh, engineering. That is a sorry, I'm all over this sheet. Twin twenty eight. Twenty eight. That's good. Yep. That's solid. <laughs> uh, so basically, we do the same thing that we had to do. 
you do the same thing that we had to do at the beginning of the stream, and you just do like a hard reset <laughs> to bypass all of the 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 systems that are fried because of the electromagnetic impulse. Uh, pulse. And as everything comes back online, you guys all the ship like shudders as it basically instead of being thrust forward is now just drifting and coasting. And then it's only for a split second everything kicks back on, and poof, you get blasted ahead. But luckily, that electromagnetic pulse has been bypassed and will not create any problems for the next person who is going to get to take an action in our chase. It can be anybody except Gunnan or Kazka, since she went last. Who wants to step up and do something this round? Can I blow up more debris? You can blow up more debris, or you can try to fire again. You can fire directly at the enemy ship, oh, just yes. trying to create, uh, to, to try to, to uh, mess up some of their systems. Murder. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds yeah. like fun. Sure. All right, that's going to be a 26. Mm. Oh, yeah, that does it. Uh, so you take control uh, again of that, that uh, I believe you had the coil gun in your, no, the light particle beam, mm. and you are just blasting into the forward shields of this incoming starship. And you know that this thing, like those shields are too strong. The hull's too thick. You're never going to really do any serious damage to them with a weapon like that. However, you do know that you can force them to deploy countermeasures and divert power away from their engines to the shields to make sure that they don't damage their ship, which sure enough, they have to do, allowing you to boost just a little bit further and now you all have visuals uh on the um, the the satellite defense array ahead you know that you are getting very very close there's only a little bit left to do um captain as you are scanning the crew you see white knuckles sweating faces and perhaps just a hint of fear and even the most stalwart of them you all know that your ship is outmatched, and that last close hit from the nuclear warhead left some of you a little shaken. Um, this is your moment to take the comms and keep the crew focused and confident. You can make a diplomacy or intimidation trick uh, check to sort of rally their spirits or just snap them to attention and keep this going smoothly. No, even though I can get a larger bonus if I were to use intimidation. No, 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 no. These are not just my crew. They're my family. I'm Aww. going to encourage. Aww. All right. <coughs> uh, that is... Okay, so my DC is... Oh, is it just 15 uh, is the diplomacy it, check? No, it's set, it set... Like, I have separate DCs set for the obstacles. Ah. So you just ah. roll the diplomacy check and... I'll let you know if you pass the uh, I, I just say, you all are doing wonderfully. We face a foe that we've never even discovered before on a ship we've never flown, and yet we outpace them at every turn. Keep at it. Uh, and that's going to be uh, 25. Ooh, 25 Ooh. is enough. Uh, you all hear the captain's words. Uh, you are emboldened. You know that especially with the satellite defense array just up ahead, you are near to safety and the next chase action can be made without any kind of penalty. Uh, I believe that it was Volterix was the last one. So basically anybody but Volterix and Gunnan can take to take over at this point. Can I try to use mysticism uh, to you help the chase by opening a portal? Mm. Yeah, you basically just try to like skip some of the distance. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Go ahead and make your mysticism check. I mean, or I could throw space acid at them, but that first thing's good too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you tell me what you want to throw at them, I guess. Space acid is great. I already rolled, and it is a natural 20. Um, Yay! Total 26. 
What was what did Maple do? Maple's a little bit messed up, so I think it would be space acid. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Uh, so maybe some of that some of that excess energy that you pulled in before that actually messed you up before you tap into it and open up a portal to throw space acid uh, <laughs> from which, another dimension. From another dimension. Uh, and you put it right over the engines, which start to spark, and and uh, they don't. Uh, you can tell that whatever they, they have some, they must have some countermeasures because there's like smoke, and and the engines are like shorting out for a minute. Um, but then they do something to recover. But it has bought you just a little bit more time and brought you just a little bit closer to your goal while making sure that you keep distance from this incredibly dangerous warship. Just ahead, you see you have visuals on the satellite defense array. Uh, as you and your pursuer approach, gun batteries and torpedoes begin to fly. Either the satellite targeting data initially pings you as hostile, or you just get unlucky with some dummy, dummy fired missiles. But the first salvo is headed towards you. The gunner can act to shoot down an errant torpedo, the engineer can boost shields to absorb the blow. Or the pilot can act to evade here. Ooh. The betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Voltarix has been a pretty good shot at things that are in front of us. So, Voltarix, maybe your help here? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. All right. So you see some torpedoes that are headed. They're, they're coming just a little bit too close, and you target them and fire away. Ooh. Uh, that's an 18, so 29. Oh, nice. 29 will do it. You wow. easily target the incoming torpedoes. Uh, you manage to, this time, because you are firing forward, you've got not just the light particle beam, which is uh, two light particle beams and a laser net just start flying. Uh, and you manage to destroy all of the incoming missiles that pose any threat to you. The other ones zoom right by your ship and start slamming into the enemy ship. You need one last chase action to get beyond the defense array and towards the planet to safety. And who is going to step up and take this last action? It can be anybody except Volterix or uh, Maple. Take us in, Casca. So I'll look at Haven, give him a whole like salute and say, mm. excuse me. And then I grab the wheel and once again, I go, sourdough roll! <laughs> and I'd like yeah. to think that this time Haven is on board and it's more of a coordinated movement. Like we're flying across this console in this coordinated maneuver. A, yeah, last time it was maybe a little unexpected, but this time yeah. you're ready for it. <laughs> All right. Let's see how it's well a, it does. It's a dirty 20. Yeah. Dirty 20. Uh, you managed to get beyond the defense array. However, uh, the roll is just as a little bit less effective than it, than it once was. And you can, you actually all feel the ship shudder as some of the rail gun fire from the defense turrets. Uh, you actually roll into it, unfortunately. And as the ship just gets blasted and the whole thing is shaking and shuddering, you know that your shields have held, but you get, you all get shook up a little bit. I would like everybody to make a fortitude save. Oh, so sorry. No, it's good. It's okay. Twenties are not working apparently. Um, I just yeah. had the same thing happen to me. Oh God. A 16. 
16. 11. Okay. Oh. 17. 9. Okay. 9. <laughs> Oh, what no. what's what are we rolling? Uh, fortitude save. Oh yeah, it looks like my luck ran out. Uh, yeah. That's uh, oh, that's a big old six. Spaceness is a thing. It's our first time out. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not our fault. <laughs> you guys weren't you guys weren't strapped in. Some of you get start getting tossed about, thrown around, thrown into bulkheads, showers of sparks everywhere. Uh those of you who rolled below a 15 are gonna take 15 points of bludgeoning damage as you just oh. tossed around from the impact as the ship shutters. Uh those of you who rolled above a 15 will take half of that, round it down, which is gonna be seven points of damage for Maple and Ava. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this However, still stamina. Uh, yeah, stamina first. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's re- just regular damage, uh, so it's gonna be stamina first. Uh, however, now that you're past the satellite defense array, uh, the satellites are focused fire on this unknown warship, uh, and after it sustains some rather brutal hits, the ship backs off and burns hard away from ice front before disappearing into the drift. A moment later, a transmission from the surface reaches you. Uh, it is Dr. Monsilkis. Are, are you all right? Did did it work? Uh, our sensors can't read anything. You've got visuals. Tell me what's going on up there. You damaged our vessel far more than the enemy ever did. Oh, I, 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 I'm terribly sorry about it. Look, we, we actually, we have spare parts and an engineering bear at the research center. Uh, I, I can clear your ship for landing at the following coordinates and, and we can effect repairs uh, immediately. I, 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 terribly sorry about that yes we will dock shortly <laughs> cut, the, can I cut the communication sure <laughs> forgive my ignorance captain but where exactly should i dock we didn't see any structures or well she gave us the coordinates mm. yeah you get a you get a ping momentarily uh, momentarily uh that has a a beacon where you can land uh, it looks like in the southern hemisphere there actually is uh, there are some structures that you didn't uh, manage to to find with your initial scans. We need better scanners. Yes, it's not as advanced a scanning package as we were led to believe. However, do please continue scanning the surface on our way through so that we might um, get some insight into what we're actually here for, assuming they have not already located it. Hi, Captain. With your help, Kazka. Yes, of course. Hey, Evan. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> so you take the the scourdo down uh towards <laughs> the coordinates that were given to you um and you land uh, a few uh, really about 20 minutes later you land at a snow covered research station that you can see is actually quite an extensive operation the compound is made up of several easily easy fab buildings heavily insulated against the cold with some electrical towers of some kind glowing and sparking a short distance from the main compound. Uh, as you land, you lower the ship's ramp, prepare to, to head out into the cold. Uh, at the bottom of the ship's ramp, you are met by three individuals. One is Dr. Mount Silkis. Uh, the other two, you see a dragonkin and a winterborn Rephorian who are waiting to meet you. Dr. Monsilkis steps forward and says, I'm so glad to see that you're safe. I, I don't know what it was that attacked you, but I am glad that we were here to lend assistance. Uh, I'd like you to meet my associates. This is Spinjack, and she points to the Rephorian. Uh, and this is Farvenzi. 
she points to a, the dragonkin. They hold very serious oh. expressions on their face. You can see that they're very clearly oh. sizing you up. And they're both carrying, they are armed and armored individuals. Uh, and she says, they head up security and operations at the station, so you'll have to forgive their grim demeanors. Their job is to appear tough. Yeah. Mm, it is our job to actually be tough, so I understand. Uh, if I... you want to come with me, we will. I, I can get some of our engineers to, to effect repairs right away. It doesn't look like uh, you sustain too much damage, so we should be able to, that, that shouldn't delay uh, leaving uh, if you can give us probably the rest of the day to get through this. So um, important important point of clarification. Is there something on this ship, like we've got computer systems or something that they could access and theoretically like take important information of ours? Or is this... Um... You pro I would imagine that you probably don't have any personal information. And the Starfinder right. Society uh, would have installed some computer countermeasures to make sure that the ship can't be stolen. Now... No system is foolproof, and somebody, somebody with enough time, effort, and expertise could easily could could make their way through any countermeasures that are there. But you know that there at least are lockout mechanisms, so it's it's highly unlikely that um, she would be able to just take over command of the ship uh, without access to a key card that actually you, Gunnan, would carry on your person. You have the captain's card that would basically give you full access. Hey, Gunnan, okay. when you press the key card, does it go boop boop? <laughs> I mean, yes. it does not make that right. <laughs> and it smells like bread. <laughs> this metaphor has gone further than I could follow. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, I just, when we come back, I'll try and see if, if I can track anything that has been snooped through. But uh, I do just sort of like, like nod. Mm -hmm. I'm all like, do you have any idea of the providence of that vessel? We have not encountered its like before. Uh, all of our sensors uh, couldn't classify the ship. We've not seen anything like it. We are just as lost as you. It appeared out of nowhere when you popped into the system and left just as suddenly. Uh, we're, of course, reviewing all of our defense array. Uh, it took data from the, from the encounter, and we're going to be reviewing it extensively to try to figure out exactly what happened out there. But we're just as stumped as you are at this point. Real quick, hmm. uh, now that we've got a moment that we're not in the piloting uh, aspect, uh, Haven does have an ability and has an obsession with starships and vehicles. So mm -hmm. uh, I would like to do a culture check based on starships to see if they could recall anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What does a 16 get me? It's supposed to be reduce the DC of culture checks to recall knowledge about starship and vehicle models and parts as well as famous hotshot pilots by five. Sure. Uh, what I can tell you is that you are looking through all the databases that you know of. You're trying to just remember mm -hmm. other ship classifications that you have. You recognize some of the systems like the, the there, there are specifications to it that are different but i mean like okay it it was obviously a warship they used railgun technology they had nuclear warheads they had uh various uh like plasma torpedoes and stuff so, like there are things that you could recognize about the ship mm -hmm. but it's design and uh it's it's exact classifications like you you know that you don't know what it is 
it is mm. like some it is something and and nothing that you're looking up in any of the databases that you know about uh as you're trying to like compare it to other even esoteric uh, uh civilizations and their starships like there's nothing that's coming up this is mm. some kind of unknown perhaps a prototype vessel that was cobbled together but it doesn't even feel like it was cobbled together because like a, a junk ship that somebody would just make out of spare parts has a certain feel to it this was like a very slick well-made well-designed vessel that that looks like like just just from the look of it and the feel of of what you saw you would guess it should be part of some kind of like military fleet um even though there was only one of them so it is definitely concerning to see something that that well made that you cannot find any other information about curious yes and these these people are still standing in front of us right indeed uh uh dr monsilkis is there she's been you know she's just chatting and, and reviewing some of the information and uh, probably like chatting with haven about uh what they had the, the, the data that they have uh versus the data that they picked up from the the satellite array and stuff and and comparing notes and trying to figure out what exactly the ship was uh while spinjack and farvenzi are both just standing nearby glaring at the group of you um can I go talk to the Dragon King? Can oh, I, yeah. Yeah. You want to come, Mabel? Yeah. Come on. Kind of. <laughs> Dragon with gun, I'm in. Uh, I'm going to make my way over to him awkwardly. And hey. Uh, the the Dragon King just sort of like looks down at you. Um, they're very large. They're actually large creatures. So she, she towers above you just a little bit. Um, uh sort of flicks her gaze down to you but then just stares straight ahead <laughs> the Rephorian nearby um looks at you and says, what, what is there what do you what do you need i i ignore the Rephorian and just look back up at the dragonkin cool wings <laughs> and i'm gonna like extend my <laughs> wings out just kind of like stretch them out just like a little bit um I have that too. Um, I'm also part of this conversation, and I like. <laughs> Are you flexing your little beautiful sparkly wings as well? Yes. Glow <laughs> with magic because I'm magic also. And I'll, I'm gonna turn to Maple and be like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Well, you were you're doing you're doing it too. So I, oh, you're doing it. So I thought I would do it too. I don't really know what you're trying to do, but um. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to like make conversation. You want do you want to like ride on its back? It looks like it's huge. I mean, it's, I think it's a she. Sorry, but like, wow. It's I have wings. Bad. I don't need to ride on anything. I can, I can, I can fly there. Too. You could fly there too. Okay. No, I'm more curious if she breathes fire. All right, I'm out of this conversation. I'm done. And uh, <laughs> I go over to uh, Spinjack instead. I'm okay, going to nudge. I mean, they're both standing like right next to each other. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Can I'm gonna oh sorry, sorry. Can I nudge the captain and and say to him, I'm going to film this for us, don't worry. And I turn <laughs> around and I turn on my comm to start filming. This just, is not a group just, endeavor I, anymore. This is just a Voltarix compilation. Just lean yep. over to Casca and I just say, Always make me proud, Casca. <laughs> Oh gosh! Part of me hopes that Kazka's one of those uh, recorded recorders where, like, the thumbs over the, uh, <laughs> the lens half the time when we go back to watch through the footage. Probably no, space just for safety. Like everything, the lighting is always flawless. <laughs> um, right. Lens flares. Yes, uh, lens flares. Portrait mode. 
So Maple kind of blew off my question, so I'm going to turn directly to the dragonkin again. You breathe fire. No. <laughs> Why? Why not? Because that is not what I breathe. I breathe acid. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. That's really sweet. Um, is that like something you learned or like you were born with it or? I really would prefer if you would return to your crew <laughs> and leave me to my job, which is to watch over you and make sure that you do not mess up anything here at the research facility. I mean, if like, you wish to speak with Dr. Monsilkis, you are welcome to do so. No, she seems a little boring, actually. So I don't know. I just thought like maybe we had something in common because, you know. We do not. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, well, I guess. Great. And I'm just going to turn. I'm not even going to move or leave. I'm just going to kind of like turn to Mabel. <laughs> I've, I've, I've like used my wings yeah. to kind of cut off everyone else, but I'm just talking to uh, Spinjack. So I hear your name is Spinjack, very cool name. Um, so what's it like on this like fun ice planet? Is it very, is, is there like a lot going on here? It just seems like everyone's talking about it right now. Uh, well, there's a lot of research going on. Mm -hmm. Nothing like super valuable or like super fun well, magic happening or like missing persons. Drama. All of our research, all of our research is technologically based. There's no magic here. So just look like looking at old ice. Is that what I'm hearing? I believe that most of what they do is agricultural work. I am stationed security and maintenance. I don't really concern myself with what the scientists do in the lab. Okay, well, what are you doing at like 4.30? I think we've got time. It's pretty early. Um, you know, you got some time? No, I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> You just like work I all think day. the better question is, what are you all doing at 4.30? You know, to be honest, I'm not like 100% sure. I think like there's something fell or we're looking for other pathfinders. There's like a three-pronged thing happening here. And I just kind of like Captain take care of it. Mm -hmm. I just kinda... Maple, are you trying we're... to set up a date? Like there's no time for that. Um, <laughs> we were on that ship for like a week and a half. There's time. <laughs> Did you know that this one here breathes acid? It's pretty cool. That seems like wet. Is it more like spit then? I don't know. Is it more like spit then? <laughs> no, it is not oh just God. the saliva. It no. is a specific gland. I, I don't have time to explain dragonkin physiology to you. Kind of seems like you have times. We're just standing here and- I mean, I kind of like her. Do you have a name? It, it's Farvenzi. It was already- Yeah, uh, I wasn't listening earlier perhaps you would be better suited to concluding your business with dr monsilkis and then heading on your way it sounds like you're looking for something that isn't at the research station and therefore okay. you should not be at the research station mm. all right you're giving us some like crazy attitude but i'm really into it here's my card if you want to call me later on the comms you can do so and then i turn away uh both of you can make uh sense motive checks if you would like <laughs> <laughs> that was a waste of time. <laughs> nineteen. It's never a waste of time. Uh, All right. Uh, nineteen. Away from maple. Oh, Ooh, two nineteens. Uh, you get the sense of two things. Uh, one, you can see that Spinjack, uh, as as neither of them are very talkative, but Spinjack seems to be. Um, he's got a, a, a 
device of some kind that he keeps looking at. Um, and you can tell he's actually doing like scans and readings of each of you as you're standing there. Um, and he seems to be particularly interested in the gear that you're carrying. Um, he is like taking note of all the weaponry that you have on your person and the armor that you're wearing. Um, uh, you just get the sense that like he's just studying you and he's trying to figure out what your deal is and and he's making notes like he's he like these are like they're taking notes on you. Um, Farvenzi obviously wants nothing to do with you. Um, and you get the sense that she wants more than nothing for you all to be gone. Like they're both rather tense that you're here. They don't like that you not just you specifically, but you as a group. <laughs> Being here bothers Farvenzi a lot. She wants you to be gone. Mm. Um, and it's a very specific, like, she she doesn't like that you're here. Um, it's not just about your personalities or anything else. Um, your presence makes her uncomfortable. I like her. <laughs> but you don't get that sense at all. While, while Spinjack and Farvenzi both seem nervous, they're watching you guys, they're on edge, Dr. Monsilkis, as she's talking to Haven, is, is like not at all like she seems to be genuinely like they're sharing notes and going over everything, making sure that you're okay. She seemed very honestly concerned when you arrived on the planet about the damage to your ship. And like you get a very like she seems to be sincerely interested in your welfare and in your purpose here. Whereas Farvenzi and Spinjack are both like, go away as fast as you can. Or we might. You, you feel like they might be easily pushed to make you go away Ooh. if they had half an excuse to. Two things. One, I love it. I'll break that shell one day. Two, <laughs> um, just from our, our check, do I happen to see a patch on their clothes that says either Frozen Troves or Dragon Corp? Oh, right. <laughs> like it's just... Uh, like <laughs> you do see a patch. Uh, go ahead and make a culture check. Oh, <gasps> hell yeah. Hell happening. Uh, oh, that's a 23. 23. You're looking at the logo, and the logo and every all the signage that you're seeing and all the all the symbols that you're seeing. Um, that it's all winter harvest, winter harvest research, winter winter harvest security, winter harvest, all this, winter harvest, everything. Um, but as you're looking at the logo and you're thinking about winter harvest, you realize that that is a company that you never heard of. And you, you do like a quick search of it. Um, and you realize because it was very, very recently formed um, in the last few months. Very likely, as you're thinking about what Dr. Monsilka said about being here for a few months, you realize that likely this this winter harvest company was formed immediately before the research station was formed but it's an advanced enough operation that like they got their money and capital from somewhere big because this isn't just like some startup like this is like they got funding from some this has to be either a shell or a subsidiary of a much bigger operation because the it's it's too well put together the equipment's too good for this to be some startup like what you're seeing on a quick search from the company. I quickly text all the teammates so I don't have to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also, I'll text, it's funnier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are definitely being funded by the Frozen Troves and Dragon Corp. One's like literally a dragon. So like, just, you know, keep an eye out. This was like a big red herring if I knew that was, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm standing uh, right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so the rest of you, um, is there anything that Gunnan and Casca wanted to be doing while while Haven is is talk, is trying to search for the ship? Uh, they're talking to the the security team. What do you guys want to be doing? I was filming. And oh, you're I, filming. That's right. Yes, you and, are filming the, the interaction. But I made sure to stand close to the captain, like all like defensive as well. If they're sizing us up, I would like to mm -hmm. you know be on defense. Yeah. Yes. Flex on them haters, Casca. Um, <laughs> the thing we're actually here for is some sort of missing Scarewood Star technology, correct? Yeah. yeah, you know that there is there is the possibly a relic either on planet or nearby that you are specifically looking for. Um, and you also know that there there could be um, uh, descendants of possible possibly even travelers from the Scoured Stars system. Uh, who made their way here a long, long time ago. Uh, but we do know their sentience, right? You, yeah, yeah. The, the, the bio scans indicated that the dominant, even though they're low tech, there is a, a sentient species on the planet local. Um, I'm going to hit the, uh, the hit our girl here with a little bit of the old blufferino. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a 31. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to be like, um quite an operation you have going here any chance that um this why did you choose this particular location to build then into the very large planet why here uh it was isolated and a lot of the natural climate uh we're doing mostly research on propagating uh, propagate, propagating plant life uh, in harsh environments, um, stuff that's sturdy and able to grow, possibly for colonizing untouched, previously untouched planets where conditions might not be ripe but don't really require terraforming. So this was remote enough that we wouldn't have to worry about uh, about anybody really coming and messing with our research, and it was it provided a climate that was suited to what we were trying to do. I'm going to drop a sense motive on her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was that true. Uh, that is a 23. Yeah. You get the sense that she's not trying to deceive you in any way. Like she seems, you know, she strikes you as, as a, she's a scientist through and through. That's for certain. Uh, and it seems like she, she <laughs> believes what she's saying. Mm. Any chance we could get a tour of your facility? As you know, we've got some time until our vessel is uh, recovered. And, and yes, by the way, I, I apologize for snapping. I, I was worried about my crew, but yes, I would have gone much, much worse without your hasty assistance. So thank you for that. Oh, it's it's not a problem at all. And and in terms of a tour of the facility, sure, yeah, I, I don't think there's any any reason at all. We After all, it, uh, although I, I don't want to hold you up if you have your own it doesn't matter. You the tour of the facility. Come with me. Uh, and she starts. Yes. And, and I, I extend one of my arms to walk arm in arm with her. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> she she seems to be yeah. quite quite amicable to that. And as you're walking, you can see even without any checks, those of you who who take a glance back can see that Farvenzi and Spinjack both like give each other a look, and they are pissed that you guys are sticking around. Uh, <laughs> and they not, like as soon as the word tour exits Doctor Monsilkus's mouth, they're like. You could just tell, like, they are not down with this, but they don't say anything. They just follow you as you move along. Um, That's precisely why I asked. 
the uh, the Winter Harvest Research Station is made up of several. It's a compound of several different buildings. There are the greenhouses uh, that you can easily identify. They're big glass buildings uh, uh, designed for growing plants, and you can, without even any any kind of check, you can just identify what those are. There are there's a separate set of buildings that Dr. Monsilka says are the main laboratories where they do some animal experimentation, uh, and then there are these scaffold towers. Uh, that seem to have, there, there's some kind of giant machine that's a little bit a ways away from the main compound. Uh, you don't, you can't quite immediately discern their purpose, but they're doing something. There, there's all this like uh, energy and pulsing blue light that, that sparks uh, and crawls up this big scaffolded tower. Um, and she says, where I can take you to the greenhouses first, if you'd like, or the laboratories, uh, which it, it's up to you. What, what do you prefer? Ladies choice. All right, uh, I like the greenhouses myself. Let's head there. Uh, and she leads you to these big glass buildings, the perfect haven for growing plants in a controlled setting. Rows and rows of various plants at different growth stages fill the greenhouse. Uh, and there are scientists in hazmat suits that are spraying fertilizers and taking data and notes on various specimens. Um, she starts explaining to you all the different plants that they're growing. You see, there are a variety of species being grown here. Uh, and she's explaining to you their purpose and the different research and the data that they're taking. And if you wanted to, uh, as you're observing some of these things yourselves, uh, if you wanted to make a life, anybody can make a life science check or a medicine check. Uh, I am still here. My camera wonked out on me. But yes, I would like to roll no. life science. <laughs> I'm I'm stealthing. I learned it from Voltarex and Casca. Um, that is going to be um twenty one for culture. More importantly, I'm less interested in what they're doing and more interested in is are they doing what they say they're doing like i don't actually care yeah. if they're just trying to grow frost crops i'm interested <laughs> yeah, <Absolutely. laughs> yeah. But, so uh, dr mansilkas notes that you know obviously they're running all these agriculture experiments and many of the plants that you're seeing do match the species that you would expect um easily grown uh, crops that were are, are widely food for a vast number of sentient species in the pact, things that can be easily transported, grown and stored and you know all, all the stuff that would that would be great for growing uh, on colony worlds. But as you're looking at some of the data that they're collecting, uh, you notice that it doesn't seem to have anything to do with creating plants capable of growth in a cold environment. Not only that, but they're growing them in a greenhouse. They're not growing these in the oh, environment. Yeah. They've set up these greenhouse structures to have a controlled environment that they're growing in when presumably they would be testing a lot of these in. Now, maybe these are just the control groups, but you didn't see any fields where they would have been growing things outside either. Um, it's hard to draw any real conclusions at a glance exactly what they might be looking at, but you don't see the markers that they'd be tracing if their goal was to actually propagate agriculture in hostile climates. Not on what you can see as she's giving you this tour of the greenhouse. Um, did anybody else want to make a medicine check? I don't have it. Oh, I could okay. give it a shot. Oop, that's a 10. Nope. A 10. No. Plants. Yeah. <laughs> Could I, while this happening, while this is happening, um, use Twinkle to kind of get away from the group, and I want to look at the to try to get towards the scaffolding towers to investigate. Now, the scaffold tower is, uh, you would guess, probably like maybe two miles 
oh, away. Like oh, very far. So you can slip away, but you would be on your own for like a, it would be a little bit of a trek for you. You'd be yeah, on I'll your die. own. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely um, die. Something just needs to hit me in the heart and legs, and I'll go down. <laughs> I will say that while everybody, um, if you recall the the message from Icarus, anybody who would be interested in stealing something from the facility, there are a very there are various samples that you could try to pocket. Uh, a sleight of hand check or oh, stealth gross. would be a roll that you could make. Uh, you don't see in, in the green <laughs> in the greenhouses. You don't see a lot of computer terminals that you could try to hack into, but there might be other there might be other places in the facility where you could try to get a hold of some of the data. But if you wanted to take one of the little plants. You could. Maybe the option there. Yes. You do see that Farvenzi, Farvenzi and Spinjack are keeping an eye on you all. So. I will not thieve because I'm I have a lot of money, but I will help Lotaric thieve. <laughs> and I will I want to distract by I will yeah. help by distracting the two. Yeah. Yeah. If you want you, you sort of catch Volterix's eye, you know that she's about to go for something. So you just you uh you can make a make a bluff check to see if you can create a distraction that'll get okay. I also know Voltarex. I would like to assist in this. Like as we walk a little, I just stop and whip around and just square up on the two of them and I'm like, don't I know you from some of an um you've been at the Epsilon station, right? Um I rolled a sixteen. Okay. And but I'm gonna distract them by the only way I know how, and I'm like you guys want to see this really cool light show entrance thing that I can do? And I like go back to the door and I'm like re-entering and like re-entering using my little light show thing on my arm. Uh, uh, and then B Dave, what did you get for your bluff check? Uh, let's see. Uh, that is going to be twenty-three, which is low for me. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's not a that's not a very gun in uh, bluff. It's not. But, uh, it's not. It's not. But it's still enough to give Volterix a little bit of an egg. You can see that um, they're mostly ignoring you, Maple. Uh, <laughs> but as Gunnan is pestering them with questions about whether they once uh, were on Absalom Station, and they're both like, "No, we we no, we've not been on the no. Please, if you would just uh, we no no." Uh, you can see that uh, he has caught their attention enough to give Volterix an additional plus two to his stealth check. It's the silver shirt. It yeah. always works. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with stealth, and okay. I'm going to roll it now. Pray for me. Oh, gosh, I almost dropped it everywhere. Ha. Oh. Ooh, okay. Oh, snap. This is going to be good. Plus two. Um, yep. Math. It's 18 plus 17. Oh, gosh. 35. 35. Enough. Well beyond enough. <laughs> We um, lost her. She's gone again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I want it's them all. Hmm. It's a matter of seconds. You dip aside and you see that there are some seedlings that are growing nearby. So you just duck away uh, when nobody's looking. People are paying more attention to Gunnin trying to get him to return to the tour and leave them alone. You slip aside. You grab one of these seedlings. You get a sample of what they're growing, uh, and there is like a, a hard pocket in the leg of your armor. So you just pop it open real quick slide it inside, pop it back, and you're back in line for the tour before anybody even notices. Like, nobody has no, even your own uh, uh, teammates, they have no idea that you even slipped aside. Like, they're, awesome. you know, nobody saw a thing. What do you mean our party is morally ambiguous? <laughs> <laughs> we're, 
We were very consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At about that time, Dr. Monsulkis is like, and that's everything with the greenhouses. Uh, is there anywhere else that you'd like to see? Or did you have, uh, again, I, I, I don't know what your purpose on this planet is. If there's something that I could do to help you, we could, uh, I, I would be happy to share any of the data that we have uh, on any of the surrounding territory. I point at the giant tower thing, and I'm like, what manner of device is that? I've never seen its like. Oh, well, uh, we, we can head out there next, and I will show you. Excellent. Uh, uh, as you're making your way towards it, if you want, you can make your own engineering or physical science check uh, as yeah. you're sort of studying the mechanics of it. Uh, that is going to be a dirty, oh, no, not a dirty 20. That's going to be 22. 22, all right. Mm. Uh, as you're moving towards, uh, this distant, um, scaffold tower and Dr. Monsilka is explaining how it, uh, the, you know, basically it's supposed to be spring in the Southern hemisphere. Uh, but this device helps keep it colder. And you can tell, uh, as you're looking at the mechanics of it, that it is actually a climate controlled device. Uh, and mm -hmm. as she explains, she's actually, uh, what she's saying matches what you know about it, that it is likely keeping the area colder, uh, because naturally it would be starting to thaw at about this time of year in this, in this area of the hemisphere. Um, but as you're looking at it, you can also tell the station is being overworked and likely requires heavy maintenance because it is fighting a lot. Like it's doing way more work than it's designed to be doing. Uh, and it is, it's basically overclocking and, uh, um, likely requires a lot of effort to keep from blowing up in their faces uh, but it is what it appears to be which is a, a climate control device what is yes, the scale of the climate control is it like just in the research station area or is it like the hemisphere of the planet or you would guess that it has uh, a few miles range okay. and if they'd set up relay towers they could extend that range but as you're just looking around you only see this one so it's likely that they're just worried about the area around the research station itself got it oh i think you're muted michelle <laughs> i'm done <clears throat> So, Doctor, why um, you're growing everything in these nice and cozy greenhouses, but then you want this area extra frosty? Is there, like, a good reason for that? Or is it, like, research-based, I guess, you're going to answer me? Oh, um, well, I mean, most of my field is really, like, I specialize in a lot of the climate control. Like, the, I, I do a lot of work here at the tower, and uh, what they're doing, I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't know why they're actually doing that, I guess. I mean, um, what do you mean they? Who's they? Well, the the scientists who head up the the agricultural center. Like I, I I'm not stationed at the greenhouse specifically. I monitor most of it, which is actually uh, most monitoring uh, local data is actually how I picked up your ship coming in. I happen to be scanning a lot of the atmospheric data, and sometimes I extend extend the sensor range out into the immediate space to see if there's anything. Um, out there that that tends to affect what's going on down here, and that's how I picked up your signal when you when you popped into the system. These scanners that you have, they seem to be finely tuned. Would they be able to detect anything that was of an outside origin that may be within your planet now? Uh, I mean, possibly. It depends on what specifically you're looking for. 
maybe an old artifact, something that I, someone lost. Uh, something like that. We do have finely tuned scanners, but locating something like that on the surface would be pretty difficult and require a lot of time. I'm not sure what your timeline is looking like, and I can't devote the researches to an extended scanning. But you know what? There are. Um, there, there are locals. Um, they kind of stay away from the station, and they're, um, they're either way, if there's something on the ground, you could go check in with them. They might, they've been here for way longer than I have, and there's an encampment uh, just a few miles uh, away. Uh, I could certainly give you the coordinates for that. You could go check it out. Mm -hmm. Captain, we should go look at the townies. <laughs> mm. Yes, that probably is a worthwhile endeavor. We have a couple more hours before we're ready to lift off again, I think. Mm. Oh, perhaps we can try their food here. They must have amazing frozen fruit. <laughs> hey, Maple, maybe you could get a date for later. Um, or I'm four. Like already working on it. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so with that, Dr. Monsoka sort of gives you, uh, she's here, I'll, I'll ping you with the coordinates of their encampment. We sort of monitor their movements to make sure that they aren't going to interfere with any of our research, and they largely avoid us, so they know we're here, but there's, you know, they don't, they don't really, they don't bother us, and we don't bother them. Um, they are uh, citizens, though, correct? Oh, yeah, no, we, we've had contact with them. Um, yeah. They have their own, I mean, they, you know, again, they don't. I don't know what to say about them, really. I mean, they don't, uh, they don't, they just live here. They don't bother us. We don't bother them. We've had contact, but it was really just preliminary. Um, and after that, they've kind of avoided the research station. So we don't, our, our mandate doesn't really dictate us to interact with them anyway. So we don't. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose we can go and speak with them. Uh, no harm in it. Hmm. Perhaps they have uh, legends or an oral tradition that might be of some insight to us. Ah. Um, it's doctor, is it? Is it? Is Doctor Monsalkis? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Might I um, have just a private word with you before we depart? Uh, certainly. Yeah. So, step aside for a sidebar. <laughs> Are you aware of the recent, um, currently lost expedition to the Scoured Stars the Starfinder Society embarked upon? Uh, I heard something a few years back. There was some big disaster with the society, um, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not from Absalom Station, so I don't mm -hmm. keep up with a lot of their, their goings-on. Well, we have cause to believe that they launched a distress beacon that uh, would have given the location and type of difficulties they were encountering that might have come down on this planet. The lives of literally thousands of sentients might hang in the balance if we do not locate it. And I see some of your associates might seem a little less likely to want to help us, so I'm asking you directly, if there were such a lost relic here... Where do you think we should look for it? But I'm prepared to bluff if need be. Sure, no, I mean, you, you don't need to roll anything for that. Yeah. I mean, she mm -hmm. seems to be pretty pretty friendly with you, and, and she's, well, honestly, that's that's why I'm turning you over to the locals. We, uh, we got here a few months ago. We've been focused entirely on our research. We have 
we have a pretty strict mandate and policy here kind of doesn't lead us a lot of time for free time. You know, we're, we're down here to do a job. Um, if there's something on the surface, something that touched down, it didn't happen in the last few months while we were here. Um, I'm pretty well aware. One thing that I am pretty well aware of, anything that came from outside down to the surface, uh, I track a lot of that stuff. We haven't seen anything, especially nothing technological, come by since your ship in, you know, in the last 70 days. Um, mm. And even before that, aside from meteorites, nothing. Uh, so if there is something on the surface, maybe the locals would have seen it. They've been here longer than us. They can point you in the right direction. But we mm -hmm. haven't detected anything of that kind. Well, then, yes, the locals it is then. All right. Navigation. Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, she, yeah. She 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 gives you the the nav data for what she has for their encampment. Uh, you can see that it'll take several hours uh, to travel there, but that's what you're here to do: find these people and figure out uh, what they know, if anything, that might help you locate <laughs> these these relics that came from the scoured stars. Um, so after that, uh, you leave the research research uh, research. You leave the research station behind. Uh, and begin traveling. The winter forest is quiet and serene, a far cry from the constant hustle and bustle of Absalom Station. There are no ad drones, infosphere terminals, or miles and miles of metal corridor. It's just tall, snow-covered trees and rocks. And I, I don't know, I imagine some of you probably feel like freed by the, the lack of just the constant city noise around you. Some of you may be feeling almost like a weird reverse claustrophobia by the absence of those things. You're just out in this almost untouched natural environment for the first time in probably years. Um, and as you're coming it. closer... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maple's probably not happy about it. I hate it, and I, I turn into one of those people that you see when you're hiking, and you just have their music on really loud because they can't deal with the silence, and I just like put on some like, random music. <laughs> But it's like George Winston, like nice, soothing piano music that accompanies the idyllic surroundings. It's classy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you're coming closer and closer to where this local encampment is rumored to be, you hear several low, bellowing cries, clearly animal in nature, followed by panic shouts in a language. You can tell it's speech, but you don't recognize the language that you're hearing. But it's coming from ahead. There is this like sudden ruckus, and you hear um, uh, almost a, a, a again very animal sounds uh, mixed with shouts. Like there's something going on up ahead. What do you guys do? Casca mm, Voltarix, would you all mind taking a look? Yeah, I'm gonna yes. fly fly up ahead. I'd like to stealth my way there. Sure, make a stealth check. I'm gonna Good stealth back. through the surroundings, through the trees and sure. the brush. 29. 29. Pretty solid. Where did Bolt's RX go? She <laughs> uh, I'm Batman. 20, 21. 21. All right. Uh, so Voltarix takes off, sticks close to the trees, and sort of gets lost in the trees as you're almost, almost rather than just flying overhead, just like hopping uh, from tree to tree using your, your wings to, to give yourself enough distance to get to where you need to be. Um, and you are uh, passed by unnoticed. Uh, and Kazka, while it's a little clumsier for you in the snow, you do manage to, uh, to, to stay pretty quiet as you make your way forward. And you come across two unknown creatures with six limbs and greenish skin dressed in heavy furs. They're wielding long pikes 
to ward off two, four, sorry, they're warding off four large beasts with curled tusks and thick gray and white fur. One of the six-legged people is very clearly wounded, and the other is trying to guard them from the approaching beasts. But you can see as they are inching forward that it is moments before they are ready to charge in for the kill. And that is where we'll take our break for mm. Mitch. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes, everybody. Stick around for the second half of our Scoured Stars episode. We will see you then. Mm-hmm. 